0: The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code SBNFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. That's code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in new york call eight seven seven eight 8 hope ny or text hope ny bonus issued as bonus bets opt-in required one bonus bet issued based on amount of initial losing college basketball bet up to ten dollars eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms
1: you're listening to I Hate the Fins. This is a very special episode. We are on the precipice of a very special week. Draft week 2020. Uh, NFL draft going to be a little bit different this year just based on the fact we're all in quarantine. So it's not in Las Vegas. You had that big show that was supposed to go down. I mean, hopefully we see that. You have to figure they do that next year. I don't know. Uh, that Raider Stadium does look like the Dot Star. It, I think it's everything we expected it to look like, so that's pretty cool. I still feel bad for Oakland <clears throat> with seeing the Raiders leave. All that said, uh, I think we're going to try to break this into two parts-ish. We'll see how it goes tonight just because these things can get a little long depending on how much thought you're putting into it. Uh, I'd like to think that we have a pretty good feel for what's going on, but I also look forward to making a bunch of shit up. And offending fans of certain teams if they're listening. So we've got a big board. Uh, We'll just go ahead. We'll run it down. We'll tell you what we think. Uh, If we have... I mean, there are certain topics and themes we've discussed on this show as of late, so we'll probably apply that. Um, We're not trying to be trolls. It might come... I might make a pick or two of you, like, what in the hell are you doing? But really, I... Wouldn't make a pick if I didn't think it was going to happen. Like I mean, this—we're not in a position where we can just deploy clickbait. I don't think we are, at least. So we can be truthful about it. We can get in there and um, get Zach out of here in time to go watch his uh, NFL Network uh, panelist draft,
2: <clears throat>
1: which we've yeah. talked about in previous years too. You do look forward that forward to yes. that.
2: It's one thing that I watch every year um, because I like the NFL folks for the most part. um, And they've actually split it out to where they have almost a person per team picking. So it's all sorts of different people this year from the network where in years past, it's been eight to 10 folks, um, you know, with, with somebody moderating um, in the past before Mayock left, you know, Mayock would moderate um, and DJ Bucky and all that would make picks. The biggest problem in the recent years has been like MJD, Ike Taylor, and um, who's the other ex-player that was on there that was making picks? But their picks were just like horrific, like absolutely terrible. Um, MJD's picking like running backs, like top five, just because he can. Um, But the good news is he's only attached to the Jaguars picks, which nobody cares if they make them wrong anyway. So
1: Yeah, they gave him two of them. I'm trying to think of former players. LT is on there no, all the time.
2: It wasn't him. I forget who it was.
1: Michael Robinson is making picks for Seattle.
2: Oh, um, maybe it was um um Nate. Um what's his last Carlson? name? Yes, maybe I think it was Nate.
1: That was before they promoted him to the Good Morning Football, whatever that yeah, show called.
2: Yeah. Which which <laughs> I I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's a, a decent little show. I actually like that crew.
1: No, when I still had an NFL Network, um, I've always liked Peter Schrager. I do think that he's kind of had to change it up and and become a little bit more hypey, yeah,
2: yeah. if you
1: will. Because there was a time where he was just dropping truth bombs in, in at a stage where he, it wasn't necessarily what people wanted to hear, but it's what he was hearing. So I like him. Um, uh, other dude's name is escaping me right now. And I always have to take a second when I see uh Kyle. Um
2: Kyle Brandt, right? Yeah,
1: Kyle Brandt. And I always like see him on Twitter. And I'm like, where do I know this name before? And then I'll think I'm like, ah oh, right, good morning football guy. Um Burleson's cool though. He's uh he's become one of the flashier, more entertaining guys. CBS borrows him from time to time too for for their um pregame panel show.
2: Yeah, no, so. he's he's definitely solid for sure.
1: Okay. So, well, I'm just going to give you the, uh, I'm going to be a jerk and give you the odd numbers. All right. Um, And I'll take the even ones. Um, And by all means, if you disagree with anything I'm doing or vice versa, I mean, we can chime in and just say, like, this is what I would have done there. Like, like it matters. Like Chris Greer is going to call me and consult, consult with me about what they should do. Um. Okay. I think that uh, explains everything. I always feel like we need to give like this big disclaimer before we start this thing, because typically I stay away from mock drafts just because they've become such an an oversaturated item. The past couple of years in terms of clickbaits, everyone's got one. Um, And I always think like, well, what could I possibly offer to the genre that would make someone want to read mine? But it's draft week. It's a big deal. Thursday, they're still going to have it. It's probably going to be nuts with their Microsoft teams and their online drafting and seeing Goodell in his basement. I can't wait to see what that looks like. I hope he has a bowling alley next to him. Uh, or like, a one of those, um, helipads where like this, the ceiling opens up and you can land in there. <clears throat>
2: uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, rich Eisen show is on CBS sports. Um, and I, I popped that on now that I'm at home, obviously during the week. um, and uh rich did an interview with the commissioner for a charity thing that they're doing along with the draft um and he did it from his basement and it was just a pretty pretty plain old basement to be honest it's too bad yeah
1: i was expecting more no i would at least like to see some bond villain shit no not
2: too, nothing too spectacular from the ginger hammer
1: hmm <clears throat> We tell that story again sometime when you uh, you berated him at the 2012. Yeah, draft. we'll
2: we'll tell that uh, post draft. We'll do a post draft sure. up and we'll we'll tell that story. Um, but let's let's clear two mock draft things up before sure. we do this here. Um, step one: Are we doing the picks as we would make them, or as we think they will be made?
1: Uh, hmm. I mean, honestly, I I would go with what you think is going to happen.
2: Okay, that's fine. I mean, so that's, that's definitely the way to go. Cause like at this point, you know, our opinions don't really matter. We're trying to guess for what we think is going to happen based on what picks they'll actually make. Um, so that definitely makes sense. I think sense. it just
1: pairs down any element of bias that you have in here. Just, yeah. just say like, this is what um, I think you're going to do. And I mean, honestly, if I think that team's stupid, then sure. Go ahead. Um, but
2: part two here, um, are we doing trades? Um, and if we do, I highly suggest we don't worry about, what they're giving compensation. away compensation wise unless it's like miami moving up to one where they have to give up at least one of those first round picks something crazy like that
1: you know the dolphins are going to trade up so I, I would say like yeah keep it general i mean if, you, if you're moving up from 18 and into the dolphins and you have an absolute smorgasbord of picks to to draw from i mean what did you use to get there i mean
2: yeah yeah no for sure but, but we're not going to go crazy with compensation where if they give away something second, third, fourth, whatever round, unless it deals with the first round that we're actually doing, we right, don't care.
1: and we're insulated because of that, because I mean we don't we don't care what yeah. happens on day two. We're not this. We're not extending into that into that realm. So uh, I mean,
2: then I then I think we're okay. good here.
1: So I mean, I'm not going to waste anyone's time. I think that I love the rumors about the the Bengals taking anyone but Joe Burrow just because it amuses me. But I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I do I do believe the I guess you'd call it a rumor report that he Joe Burrow is literally the only prospect they've spent time on that that made me laugh too but I mean we live in weird times right now so why waste overhead if you don't have to so I think Joe Burrow is uh, actually what am I talking about you're the one making the first pick
2: Oh, that's where I'm going anyway so we're on the same board we can just keep moving along here
1: very cool Um, that's funny. That's also probably a a bad omen. Very cool. (laughs) Pick two. Um, this is tempting because I don't think that this is a lock for Chase Young, but I think Chase Young will be the pick. I think Washington is going to try to bleed this for all they can and see like what kind of value could pop up in terms of a trade. Um, It seems like they've been doing things right the past couple of months, which feels very weird to say about this team. But since they gave Bruce Allen the boot, they they appear to be pretty much focused and um, in solidarity in terms of where they want to go as an organization. I don't know how long that'll last. You never know with this organization, but I think that it is Chase Young.
2: Yeah, no 100% Chase Young. Um and if they don't take Chase Young, people will be as upset as the Dolphins if they pass on Tua. Um so yeah. th- that's all there needs to be said there at that point.
1: Yeah, you're you're out that way to a degree. I mean, you you have a good friend who is a, a Redskins fan, so mm-hmm.
2: I yeah, mean, no, is he, is he all the Chase Young must. Yeah, all the stuff that he retweets essentially is like they're taking Chase Young and like if they don't like Washington fans will riot. So it's chase young if not that's when the draft gets crazy but we can't predict that
1: yeah sure i mean i that's why we've talked about detroit hanging on to that third pick until washington's pick is in and confirmed because it's a wild card you never know
2: yeah so so detroit on the clock at three here um, it feels like as the days go by, it is less and less likely that anyone's trading to three for one of the quarterbacks. Um, with that said, I'll put a little disclaimer and asterisk on this pick that there may be somebody that wheels and deals into three that really wants Simmons or something like that, or the top offensive tackle. Um, you know, but I, I just don't see essentially Miami or los angeles trading into um this pick for a qb it's kind of weaseled out that miami's kind of happy to sit at five and take their guy and i saw something recently that it seems like the chargers are in the same boat i think they've kind of worked out a deal with one another on the phone potentially like if you don't trade up we won't trade up are you happy with tua and or herbert we're happy with tua and or herbert and kind of shook on it over the phone and i think they hang tight at this point yeah
1: um not only that but i almost call them san diego i always want to do that but it's not really in the chargers dna to move up a draft board historically i mean that that's a franchise that wants to squeeze every last ounce of value out of every nickel and dime they have i mean sorry i mean some people might be offended by that but historically it's the truth you've seen like how they they've run off certain players in the past um i didn't have a really problem with the the Philip Rivers thing. I mean, his play has um, taken a, a hit the past couple of years, but I think here, and you just mentioned with uh, with the Chargers, especially. I mean, I just don't see it. I think the Spanos Telesco uh, connection there is just. I don't want to say cheap. We'll go thrifty. Is that a decent synonym? I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think at this point they. Stay tight there and they pick Okuda. Um, that's kind of been the the crystal balling for a while. There's a slight chance it could be Derek Brown. I just I just don't see it. Um the the only downside to picking Okuda is like how much better did you get essentially swapping Slay for Okuda, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I mean that's their problem. We'll see. So New York is on the clock, and everything's kind of gone chalk at this point.
1: Has this one's brutal though? Because what is chalk at at the at the four spot? Because I mean, like chalk when you're talking about five, even six heading going into Carolina at seven. I mean, if you if you say I want to go chalk there, then a, a specific name comes to mind. This one's different because you think about it, really not good on other. Either side of the football, I think offensively, uh-huh. I'm trying to remember 25th, maybe defensively yeah, worse yeah. 28th. So, I mean, that's why you're picking this high. So, ultimately, it comes down to: Do you think they take the first offensive tackle? Do they get, um a, you know, do they start thinking abstract and maybe take Isaiah Simmons here? Although I think there are better fits elsewhere. Ultimately, I think an offensive tackle. This is where the first one goes. And mm-hmm. and I mean I've gone back and forth on this, but I do think it's Makai Becton.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. No. I mean, the, here's the thing with the offensive tackles, and we've had this conversation. We have no clue which order the top four are going to go in. If I'd be unbelievably impressed if there's anybody out there that does a mock that even doesn't get them to the right team, but gets the offensive tackles in the right order, I think that almost be a bigger feat than getting them to the right teams. Quite honestly, but Becton is is a Really good player has the most upside, obviously, out of the four. Um, so I I can respect that.
1: Well, and as you mentioned, uh, what what I think they do versus what I do, I would take Andrew Thomas there because mm-hmm. I th- I think subtly he's uh, probably the most bang for the buck at um at the the left tackle position in this draft. But I also think that Mikay Beckton does some things that immediately. Uh, improve new york especially you think about how they want to get out in the run game as well and you imagine him grading for uh um squads or what is it quadzilla or whatever they're <laughs> calling saquon barkley right now yeah so yeah
2: all right so miami on the clock at five quarterback options are there simmons is there um we're taking a quarterback here you know i i think they go with tua um, we've talked through the two of the Herbert, all the, the stuff, the smoke screens, whatever it may be. Um, you know, one important piece that I think came along the wire this past week with Chris Greer's press conference on Thursday was somebody asked him about, you know, if a player's ability um can outweigh an injury risk um within reason. And essentially Greer said, yeah. Like there's dudes that he you know, he he referenced Curtis Martin, right? where dude was hurt all the time gets to the league. I don't think he was ever hurt again. Um, and you know, then there's other dudes that you pick that he, and he referenced a a dolphin, Jake long, right? Jake long, really healthy, big dude, you know, country strong from Michigan comes to the league, gets the first couple years in injury bug, gets him never healthy again. So he referenced that. And and I think that was a, a big point of, you know, if, the ability and the injury, you know, things kind of even out or ability overtakes the injury concern, you know, make that move. And I think they've just been on Tua for too long and Tua makes too much sense for what they want to do offensively.
1: I think the whole not going with Tua thing that they've tried to push in terms of an agenda is total bullshit. I just, I, I don't buy it. I think that he's been their guy. They've, I mentioned this, they've looked specifically at every quarterback not named to a in the first round. When you think about it, like they gave Jordan Love a ton of attention. Uh Justin Herbert continues to get a ton of attention. I'm sure they like him. They've been they've been in on him since of what twenty eighteen? Yeah. I, I wanna say. So and Jordan Love as well. So at at this rate, I think that this has just been one big game. And I do think it's too. And I think you're right. And I think that people listening to this will appreciate that.
2: Yeah, it, it'll keep me alive for another week. They won't come after me.
1: No, well, they'll come. I mean, we've got other picks to make, so we can still piss people off. Um, okay, so Chargers at six. Um, I wouldn't overthink this one. I do think that this is where Joseph Herbert goes. Mm-hmm. I think that the only other position that would make a lot of sense here would be possibly offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. You think about what they added during the offseason. I mean, like they've got the makings of a strong lineup front, which w- it was looking good for a while there, then totally fell off a cliff. Uh, some bad luck in there. You think like they draft Forrest Lamp, that has just not worked out, which speaking of guys who you just can't predict injuries, we, none of us saw that coming.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. So Herbert's an easy pick there. Um, but offensive tackle, they definitely could go that route. Um, there has been conversation for both Miami and uh Los Angeles about potentially going that route and then coming back for the quarterback. Um but I think they have their guys and I think they make those picks back to back there. Um Carolina. Um Carolina's the interesting spot. Carolina, I think, is a massive yeah. trade-out spot. Um for teams that want an offensive tackle that are going to get an itchy trigger figure, you know, Cleveland, New York, um, help Tampa Bay. And then, you know, the question of Miami there too. And so, God, I want to say Miami trades back up into this spot. Cause I think they do trade up for an offensive tackle. Um, I mean, essentially if, if I'm Miami here and if I'm Carolina, Carolina, you got to figure out if they're punting to right. draft a quarterback next year, right? And if they are, if that's a thought process, because they did pay Teddy Bridgewater. They paid him like a guy that could play this year and next year, play well and get another contract. Um, But at the same time, like Trevor Lawrence, you know, right at right in Carolina there, like he, it just makes sense. Um, So we could do a trade up here for the dolphins. If you wanted to, Um, I would trade 18 and I'd trade a 2021 first and maybe I don't know a, a seventy or a, a day two pick from next year. Um, so we could flop that there if we wanted to. If not, um, okay. Carolina could just pick.
1: You, I mean, you, it's up to you. You can pull the trigger on that. If you um, want.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to think of uh, Isaiah Simmons would be the most likely pick here. They could take an offensive tackle, but I think they're okay offensive line wise. Um, And I just don't see Simmons fitting what they do. Um, The only issue could be is if somebody else wants to move up for Simmons and offers more than Miami. But I think Miami offering 18 next year's one and some form of day two pick probably gets it done. Um, So I'm going to make that trade because I think the dolphins want an offensive tackle, especially after um, they just picked Tua. Uh, You got to protect him. Like, the first thing yeah. is, dude's going to get hurt, even if it's not based on his injury history, um, standing behind that offensive line, right? I mean, look at Tannehill. Tannehill yeah. was a, a real healthy guy. His whole career, up until the last two years in Miami, where he essentially died from being beat up on, and at one point, the, the dude's pissing blood. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Um, you know, so, uh, Dolphins move up here. Now the question becomes, which offensive tackle are they taking? Um, As much as I love Andrew Thomas.
1: I was going to say, I cannot wait to hear your reasoning on this one because I have an idea where you're going.
2: As much as I love Andrew Thomas, there are two very good right tackles left on the board. Um, And I think there are some talented potential left tackles on the board uh, when you get to 26 or 39. So as much as it kills me not to take Andrew Thomas, I am gonna just take the comfort route, take the familiarity that Tua has, and just take Jedrick Wells. <laughs> I
1: I called this. I can't believe it. And it's funny because he's the of the big four. He's probably the guy you're lowest on.
2: The guy, the guy that I'm lowest on is is Makai Becton. Just because there there are some questions on. um some technique stuff. Like he has all he—he's the Justin Herbert of offensive tackles. But Kai Beckton, like he has all the tools. He's gigantic. He's athletic. But like when it comes to the, some of the head stuff and some, moving the feet and moving in certain directions that aren't just straight line forward, um there's some questions. But Jedrick Wills, I like him. He's got an unbelievably strong first punch. He can reset uh, defensive linemen as they—they they attack. Um, My question for him is against top tier athletic speed rushers. um, And he is a little bit of a top leaner. So, offensive line coach is going to have to work that out of him. But, you know, just go with the comfort. You know, Tua knows him. He knows Tua. It makes sense.
1: Uh, Speaking of familiarity, Arizona at eight. And even though they were absolutely horrible defensively, because I want to say they were close to dead last, 31st, maybe. Um, I think that they want to keep it familiar I think that this is where CD lamb's gonna go if, if they don't yes. trade out and which I mean you've been talking about that that pairing for a while it just makes sense you get Kyler Murray his favorite target back um and I mean Arizona in terms of putting points on the board becomes a very scary item because I mean CD lamb I mean you, you'll see arguments but in terms of a guy someone who can high point the football in terms of hands, and yak i mean he checks off all the boxes and if he's not the top um in those categories for a receiver he's like 1b so i love his game he's not my favorite receiver in this draft but i love to watch him play oklahoma receivers have become very uh, entertaining as of late and i think that this is a big boom for what arizona wants to do on the offensive side of the football because i think that they're looking to they're, they're looking for rocket ships pretty much all the time offensively. And I think this helps.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, at that point, they spread you out. They go four wide. They got CD outside. They have Christian Kirk outside. They move Larry Fitzgerald as a, a, a slower, stronger slot presence or play him outside. Doesn't matter, quite honestly. Um, and then they have a whole bunch of other options inside that they can play with. Um So, and they have some good developmental guys at wide receiver too. So they're, they're locked and loaded at wide receiver, which would be awesome. Um, Am I
1: real quick though? Am I greedy for adding CD lamb to an offense that just acquired new Hopkins?
2: No, no way. I mean, you you got Hopkins and I mean, it's one of those things where the best analogy I can give for it is going to be a food analogy. If you go get barbecue food, Right. You, you can't just have like one or two good sides with barbecue food. Cause like the best part about barbecue food is all the sides with that delicious slab of whatever meat you got. So you need like a three sides minimum. So I mean, why not have that with wide receivers, right? Why not have, you know, the whole array of what you want to hit and then some, um, cause they're going to play a really quick pace offense. You might not have all three out there all the time. Um, you could really see Larry Fitzgerald on, on a, a limited snap count this year going to a Cam Wake uh, toned down in the rotation there. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a good move for them for what they want to do and for future planning at the end of the day.
1: And just as a quick disclaimer on that, Isaiah Simmons would make sense, but at the same time, I, I struggle to see that fit with Arizona. I think that um, just w- with – I mean, they're – very forward thinking in terms of the offensive side of the football. And I think that I don't think they're going to completely disregard what they do defensively. But I think that in terms of enabling their quarterback with whatever they can get new Hopkins, I I saw that Christian Kirk that possibly on the trade block then, which would be interesting. Although I really love his game too. And then if you bring in CD lamb, I mean, that's, that's an array. So, um, that's just where I'm at with it. I consider it Isaiah Simmons, but I can't say no to the uh, the collegiate connection there.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I'm I'm gonna do a, a quickie trade swap around here between Jacksonville and the Jets. I think the Jets are really, really have their sights locked on an offensive tackle. They need an offensive tackle to protect Sam Darnold. And I think they are going to see the board fall like this and get a little worried about Cleveland one spot ahead of them. Um, so, you know, Jets and Jacksonville swap, whatever the hell they decide to swap, but uh, Jets move in there and, and they take Andrew Thomas. Um, yeah, he He's a guy that that's plug and play. He's not the sexiest offensive lineman in this class, but he's the most sure fire out of them all. Um, he's a guy that's, you know, a minus a a- worst case scenario in all fields. Um, he's a plug and play dude that they need so bad to protect Sam Darnold because poor Sam Darnold is getting the ten hill treatment. He just hasn't had any protection.
1: Yeah, that tends to happen when you play for Adam Gase. Um Interesting because I think one way or another, Andrew Thomas is playing in New Jersey next year. It just comes down to whether he goes at four. I think if because I do believe the Jets want him bad. That's yeah. just been my feeling for the past month. For some reason, it just Andrew Thomas to the Jets has sounded like something that will absolutely happen
2: for sure. For sure. So Cleveland at ten.
1: Um, this is interesting too because you think about what they've been through in terms of their offensive line, and the really weird thing is if you're. I don't want to speak for Jacksonville, but I believe they're banking on a certain player being there and Cleveland, not going for him. Um, I'm going to go ahead and honor that. I think that this is probably where uh, Tristan Wirfs ends up would be at, at 10. Um, even though plays uh right tackle uh, fleet footed enough where I think he can play either side. I think that, and he's got the athleticism and also um I think he's got the mind too where I would throw I would be okay throwing him on the left side and thinking like that's fine I'm not usually into messing with tackles on either side like that
2: because
1: I think it's far more difficult than people realize but I do think here that this is where Tristan Wirfs ends up
2: yeah I mean between him and uh Conklin I think you just play them both in, in the summer or whenever practices begin um play them both on either side, figure out who feels better on whatever side and just cut them loose in that order. I don't think it really matters at that point. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean,
1: Cocklin has played both sides. So
2: yeah, I, I think Cleveland will really, really struggle with that pick though. Cause I think they could t- they could use a interior defensive presence um, and they could use a safety presence and they could take um, Simmons and play him as a safety. Um, and I don't think they'd have an issue with that. So I think there's a chance that they could go defense that way too, um, but worse makes a ton of sense at that point.
1: I actually figured because I think that they want to get Baker Mayfield um, right in yeah. ter- in terms of sliding off in his second year. But that said, um, I wasn't really thinking about Simmons, but I did heavily consider the interior defensive line because I think that there's a big-time talent out there who's just fallen due to circumstance in terms of what teams are looking for.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we get to Jacksonville here. um, And Jacksonville is actually in really great shape because I think they could go Simmons or Derek Brown as well. Um, I think at the end of the day, as much as they love to have Simmons as a presence, um, Ronnie Harrison was fine for them at safety. Um, Simmons and Miles Jack kind of give you the same thing at linebacker. So I don't really think doubling down makes sense. Um, Same reason I don't see Carolina really taking Simmons at seven if they they stood pat. Um, So I'm just going to give them Derek Brown here and and a really weird slide. You know, uh, who was the conversation that we had with, uh, uh, they're either going to go really high or they're going to slide last year. I thought there was somebody that was like that too.
1: Um, I could think about it for a second.
2: Yeah, I'm I can so focus on this
1: is. draft. I'd have to sit and uh, come back to, um.
0: This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lays, Sun Chips, and more.
1: Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work.
0: Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void or prohibitive. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the
1: editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, We'll, we'll come back to it.
2: Yeah, I'm doing a quickie a quickie Google search here. Um, but while I'm doing this, you can talk about
1: the Raiders potentially
2: a spot for Isaiah Simmons. Yeah,
1: I think that this is where his slide ends. I think that he's got Raider written all over him. I think that that this comes down to it's probably going to come down to a receiver, but Isaiah Simmons is made in a lab. I someone called him a unicorn. He is absolutely a unicorn. He's totally an Al Davis approved player, and I think that they're looking to make a big splash in what would have been their their hometown draft. So I think that Las Vegas introduces themselves to the community with Isaiah Simmons.
2: And do they, when they make the pick and turn in the card, what position do they put on the card?
1: Uh, they'll probably, uh eh, So I mean, it's going to come down to linebacker or safety, right? I I don't know. Yeah. Probably. It,
2: it, it doesn't matter. I was just curious. Yeah, I don't
1: know. They'll probably probably just say unicorn, Swiss army knife, something, whatever. But he's uh, he's everything that the Raiders pride themselves on in terms of the athletic talents they find. I mean, he checks all the yeah. boxes there, so it makes sense. Otherwise, I think that you'd be looking for a speedster receiver here, but this is also a deep receiver draft, and they have another first-round pick, so that makes too much sense.
2: Yeah, and I think between um, that pick and the Derrick Brown pick at Jacksonville, I think those picks could happen naturally there. They could move up, whatever. I think those are kind of the natural landing spots for those two players, um, regardless of where we had them going. Um, Back to that 2019 slide player, I think it was Devin White, because if he didn't go to Tampa Bay, it was like, when was he going to go? You know, at that point, the Steelers probably still trade up to 10 and take him. but it, it looked pretty barren. Maybe Cincinnati at 11 at that point, maybe Green Bay at 12. Um, but I think that was the player I was thinking of from last year.
1: Yeah, that was in in some ways a bizarro draft last year, just because mm-hmm. you think like nobody thought that Cleveland Farrell was going to go fourth overall. You know, we all thought that that Josh Allen was going to fall no further than four overall, because I mean, he just seemed like someone who would have Raiders written all over him, like we just said about Isaiah yep. Simmons. But things happen. And I mean Cleveland Farrell in terms of all the measurables, you would just like almost like a seven foot wingspan as a yeah, as a six yeah, foot pass rusher, which I mean like you touted that early on last year. You said like his length was gonna make him far more coveted than people realized. I don't know if you, yeah, if you I mean, fourth overall coveted, but I mean you hit that one right on the head.
2: Yeah, no, I, I didn't I didn't know he was gonna go top five there, but I mean teams love that stuff. I mean, that's the stuff. And I mean, that's the thing that could have vaulted Andrew Thomas back to the top offensive tackle, too. Um, you know, so we'll see. Um only a few days left, but San Francisco from their their indie trade here. Um, this could have been the home of um Jordan Love potentially, if Indy was still here. Yeah. That's not the case now. Um, you know, there's still people claiming that You know, you could have four quarterbacks go top 10, top 15. I don't think it happens, quite honestly. I think Love goes more naturally where he should towards the end of the first. Um, So with San Francisco here, the question becomes, do they replace um, Forrest Buckner with uh, a Javon Javon Kinlaw uh, type of guy, Um, or do they take one of the top receivers? I just think it's so hard to pass on the top receivers that are here. Um, And I I mean, I feel like Jerry Judy just makes sense for what they want to do, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I was actually thinking like that's this is probably where he's going to end up, which also to a degree pains me because I really don't want to see him in San Francisco. But you just think about um, because they were eighth on offense. I mean, they were. In the top ten, I don't think a lot of people realize that because they didn't have a lot to offer on the uh, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the offensive perimeter. You know, they trade for Emmanuel Sanders. He's gone now. Uh, they have some nice, mm-hmm. smaller, um, smaller options. But you think, like, if I mean, if you're if you're in there and you have Jimmy Garoppolo, like, you need you need an X. You need someone who's going to be able to slash up the field. And Jerry Judy did a ton of that at Bama.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, Tampa Bay at 14.
1: I think that this is a team that would absolutely love an offensive tackle, especially considering who they just uh, acquired. Mm-hmm. So,
2: I mean, like they they could be an option for a team to deal back in for one of the last of the three wide receivers, too, right in front of Denver. Um that that's always a possibility as well, too. Um if they're looking to deal out and potentially grab an offensive lineman towards the end of the first. Because I mean, like, there's there's been some talk of them looking at Kinlaw, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But like, like, like you were saying, like, does that make you really any better? Win now mode. Um, they still have Vita Vea They brought back Sue for a year. Um, so does does Kinlaw really put you in a win now mode? I, the only reason I see them taking him here, if they decide to, is because they see his upside as like. People are going to look back and he should have been a top, you know, five pick. Um, that's the only way I see them taking Kinlaw here.
1: Yeah, but I do think that they they do take Kinlaw here. You think about what they've given up yeah. on the interior in recent years, that used to be a, a, a strength. That's what this franchise has built its best teams on. Uh, or just uh, ultra penetrating uh talent in the middle. So I think that with uh a guy like Javon Kinlaw, someone with his size and strength and you can sort of rebuild what you're looking for in terms of the interior defensive line. So I like it. Um, kind of a, a strange projection for him. Cause he could go higher than this. It, mm-hmm. just based on how that, that board falls, but I like him. I do think that Tampa is going to be a team looking to acquire a, an offensive tackle. So I don't, I think the, the fourth, the fourth name, in that that group falls no further than this pick
2: oh for sure for sure um we'll actually keep this really quick here with denver uh rugs is still on the board they've he's been linked to them forever um i think there's a chance that they get rugs but may move up to get him um but it's rugs they add speed goes with court courtland sutton uh adds another weapon for drew Locke to start building his career around
1: yeah yeah I, I there's I mean you just run that up to the or I'm sorry you're not running it up to the podium you're sending it in this year uh, absolutely I think he's been their guy for a while the fact that they can stay stay at 15 and grab him I think would be huge
0: mm-hmm. in
1: terms of not ha- not having to move but you think like they've got something good going on with Drew Locke right now and now you're looking to really expand on his weapons out on the perimeter and you can make the case that Henry Ruggs is the most talented receiver in this class. Yeah, I mean, he, like it's he can all be the first one.
2: gone. that's easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And he, and he might just, I, I, I think that what, I mean, he would pair well with new Copkins going all the way back to Arizona too. So, okay. I mean, I think that Christian Kirk gives, gives you a bit of a taste in terms of um, that smaller yet uh, a smaller receiver who can body guys mm-hmm. in um, out on out on the edge I think that um Henry Rugs can do that too that dude can high, high point the ball he's a strong route runner he's great after the catch I mean like he's not just like your garden variety vertical two mm-hmm. so sure. I mean all that I mean that, that's a lot of words to say that I think that this is a no-brainer I think this is Denver's guy I think they get him at where they originally sat which is fortunate
2: all right so okay. Atlanta mm-hmm. always a weird yeah. pick Always yeah,
1: a I think that this is probably the team uh, thirstiest for Javon Kinlaw. I think that I mean you've seen a lot of rumors. This could be a team to trade up. I mean, you already saw Dimitrov floating a bunch of uh, thinly veiled stuff. Uh, they need a mm-hmm. corner too, though. They just lost Desmond Trufant. Um, things are weird for them out on the edge. I'm going to give them your favorite player in C.J. Henderson. <laughs> I think he, I think he goes here.
2: It's a good pick. It's a good pick. And I was just going to say, I didn't want to interrupt your flow because you mentioned trade up. I think they could trade up for CJ Henderson. I think there is some truth to the CJ Henderson is potentially higher on some people's boards than Okuda. Um, and that could be because of pure man coverage preferences. Um, and at the same time, it's one of those things where if he's your guy, like don't sit there and wait. Cause I mean, doesn't look like anybody else could take him, but you never know. I mean, what if, what if the offensive tackles fly off the board and, you know, New York says, Hey, like we want to protect Sam. We think we have sufficient enough, um, weapons where we're not taking a, a wide receiver at 11. There's really good wide receiver depth in this draft. We'll, we'll pick up two or three along the way. We're going to take the best corner we can get at this point. So Henderson makes a lot of sense here.
1: Yeah. Um, That's going to be interesting to, I don't think there's any way in hell that he goes before Okuda, but I, I'm fascinated by the fact that some teams have come out and said like, ah, no, we're, we like that, that gator corner over what has really become cornerback university as far as I'm concerned with Ohio state. So, I mean, Jeff Okuda, I mean, it's hard to deny his, his twitchiness, uh, his ability to read. Uh, he just does everything really well, and the thing is, like, he's still—I don't think he's a finished product, which is the scary thing. I think that like, his ceiling is way high. Whereas, I feel like with CJ Henderson, you know what you're getting. I mean, he's a man covered stud. You are losing something in terms of getting after, um, in getting after the run, in terms of being able to tackle uh, overall. So. It just depends on your flavor. But I don't know that Atlanta can be too choosy. I will be floored if they don't move up for Javon Kinlaw. I think that they've been looking for that big piece along the interior for a while now. I think he's he's their guy. But C.J. Henderson checks all the boxes for Atlanta, too.
2: For sure, that's a great pick. Um, Dallas at 17, I think they are probably pretty bummed, uh, that CJ Henderson ended up one pick away. Um, they have, they have a lot of good number two and or nickel guys at cornerback, but they need a true number one now that, um, Byron Jones is in Miami. Um, so Dallas is a little upset here. I actually started to make my pick here and then I, I changed my mind. Um, the popular pick here is Caleb on chase on, right? Um, the Marcus Lawrence is really good. You need a two punch at edge now. Um, they did sign Alden Smith, which good for him that he's back on a team. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but that doesn't stop you from taking an edge player. Um, I just think people are going to be wildly concerned with Caleb on Chason's past medical. Um, he was healthy this year. He was a game wrecker in the beginning of the uh, national championship game. But honestly, I think they're going to make a, an investment here that is all about their identity, and who they are on offense. Um, and I think they come in and they make a really safe pick, a little a little high for my taste, but not too questionable in uh, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. Um, play him at center, guard, whatever. Just do what works. Keep that offensive line as a straight that's a, as it's been.
1: Well, they just lost Travis Frederick, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think he just retired. So, yeah, I mean, that's... And I mean this this is a team that has taken interior offensive linemen in the back half of a round one before and taken a lot of heat for it. Travis Frederick was that guy. And that worked out perfectly for them for a time. So I I love that pick. I, it's uh it's definitely off the radar, but it's quintessential Jerry. So there's that. Jerry, Jerry, I got a hot tub in the shape of uh taxes.
2: All right, Carolina's now at eighteen.
1: Okay, yeah, this this pick becomes far more complicated based on uh, where they sit now.
2: Quite honestly, I don't even know what they need enough to make a pick at this point. So I'm glad this is now your problem.
1: Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, you. You, def- you definitely, you definitely brought this trash to my doorstep. I think that. This is a team that's usually pretty true to their board. I think that this is where Caleb on chase on goes. Okay. Um, I think that um, just in terms of l- length as a pass rusher, the medical I think is going to scare maybe some teams off, but the upside is undeniable with him. And this is a team that is not a year away anyway. So I think that if you can go ahead and stockpile a pass rusher who could be special at this juncture, I think you do that.
2: And so I, I think Carolina fans would would get on you about, you know, back to back years of a pass rusher, but like they if, would. If if you hit on Chason and Brian Burns, like potentially the most versatile, athletic, nasty edge duo in the league. Um, and I think that's something that they're gonna wanna invest in because I think Matt Rule's game plan and how he likes to play on the offensive side of the ball is that they're gonna work to spread you out they're going to look to get ahead and then they're going to look to come after you. Um, So I think, I think that pick makes a ton of sense. I think you'll just have some pissed off Carolina fans, but F them. I don't
1: know any Panthers fans, so I don't really care. Uh, Two things, two things. Find me the team that at any time has said we have too many good pass rushers. Like we just can't can't deal with this. That's not a thing. Also, what do you want at that juncture? What do you want to reach on a interior defensive lineman? I mean, they have a highish pick, uh, in day two, because I mean, they rotate with, uh, the other teams that also sit at five and 11. So yep, I mean, like for sure you're sitting at a nice spot there, but I mean, like I would go just maximum value. Like I said, you're not going to win next year. It's going to be ugly. Get the, you know, rock now, ask questions later, find the best players that you can. I mean, if any, I can't imagine adding someone like Caleb on, on saying like, ah, you know, it would just be too bad to add like a guy with a high, high ceiling as a pass rusher opposite Brian Burns, who was a total stud last year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. And, and take the year to get his body right. So, you know, he full cylinders, um, 2021. Um, so the Raiders are back up in 19. Uh, I think this is going to be a pick that makes a lot of people after this pick, very sad Um, But we're going back to LSU for Justin Jefferson on this one. Um, Ran a lot faster than I thought he was going to. Didn't change my evaluation of him. Um, I think he's still a very good slot presence that you can play um, outside in on uh, things that you may want to do from a a shorter. You know, one of the things that all the SEC teams love to run, um, when we talked about it, when we talked to a, is that slant go kind of combo that people run. And you can run him on either part of that. You can run him on the outside in slant. You can run him from the the slot go. Um, so whichever way you want to go, I think he just provides a reliable wide receiver piece that Las Vegas really, really needs.
1: Yeah, he was money the last half of last. I mean, like, he was great all season, but he was just such a reliable weapon for Joe Bro late in that season. And you, you brought it up just bodied, every defensive back in his way. I mean, it was just an absolute bull at times kind of reminded me of Jarvis Landry. Honestly, Yeah. like he's a bigger Jarvis, a faster Jarvis, obviously, but really talented guy. Um, I think that playing behind or the fake, the fact that chase wasn't draft eligible, I think should have given Jefferson a little bit more attention because he was just an absolute, he was clutch. I don't know how else I would describe it. Like he was just, awesome and i think that he did himself a huge favor and then he really capitalized on it because as you mentioned he killed the combine for based on where expectations were he was awesome
2: oh for sure for sure he was he was a really good solid presence and that's what Las Vegas needs so
1: yeah especially because i mean their quarterback position a little bit in flux right now you think in terms of where they want to go with that moving forward so all that's to say this is going to be an interesting pick i'm tremendously excited to see what jacksonville would do at this spot i hate the fact that i feel like i'm making the the really difficult picks here <laughs> in, in, in this spot and-,
2: and, and i mean while you're looking you know some things that could happen for jacksonville here is they could very well trade up they've got plenty of picks on this draft too that they could make a move up for a guy that they want um instead of sitting tight at 20. the other option is is if the board felt like felt like this you know wide receivers are gone you know you don't you don't love any other corners or anything here. Um, they could boogie out of this spot, too. Um, I think there's some other teams that would be willing to trade up in front of Philadelphia, potentially for one of the linebackers. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some options on the table here, which could be good for Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, and it's just it seems it, when you're talking about the cornerback position in Jacksonville, it seems criminal that we're, we're talking about an empty cover. As opposed yeah. to, I mean, just where they were one year ago, you know, when essentially, I mean, yeah, at that point, Jalen Ramsey is already a malcontent, but then AJ Bouye on the other side. And I mean, like that was AJ Bouye at a couple of years ago was the number one graded corner. Yep. It wasn't Jalen Ramsey. It was AJ. And then, of course, you think about like the AFC championship game. He's the one that New England ultimately went after. Um, All right. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna get a little creative with this one, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna take a chance, and I think they're gonna go with Christian Fulton at this spot. It's not Good. not again not what I would do, but I think that Jacksonville is also a team like you mentioned, really trying to strengthen what they've got going on in the defensive perimeter. It that cupboard's bare right now. I think Fulton is a guy where some of his tape you love what he's able to do and there are times where you see you see tape and you're like man what the hell are you doing so yeah. i mean it, it's a project but i think it's something that could ultimately work out for jacksonville in the long term so i think that's where they go with this
2: pick yeah and so like i think christian fulton is similar to cj henderson with less athletic pizzazz um, and less overall man-to-man cover um talent i think you know if, if we're going to Give CJ Henderson a man-to-man cover grade. You know, I think Christian Fulton's like B plus, maybe A minus. Um, you know, he did run in the four fours at the combine, which was good. Um, he's definitely a little scrappier than Henderson has shown to be. Um, so I oh, think that's I yeah. think that's a good pick for Jacksonville. And I think if you take a corner at twenty in a draft and he ends up being your number one, that's awesome. If he becomes your number two, I think that's fine. Um, so I, I think that's a solid pick for them for sure.
1: Well, the sad thing here is this pick is from the Rams. So yeah. this is ultimately what, what they traded Ramsey for. So are you getting comparable value? Not really, but yeah. I mean like there's, there's a decent, there's a decent ceiling with Fulton. Like I said, there are times, especially earlier in the season, he was looked at as corner. Uh, like a, I wouldn't say that he was on a level, but he was looked at as easily the number two guy in this class before sure. CJ Henderson. And C.J. Henderson didn't even even really have a great season and managed to still leapfrog him just because Fulton really struggled at times this year and wasn't really the the focal point in that for that defense because Derek Stingley was so damn good.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. I I think that those are all spot on points there. 21. I I mean, supposedly Philadelphia wants a receiver here and supposedly the dream is Justin Jefferson. I just don't understand what the deal is with their receiver situation. They they have Alshon, who's, you know, a little long in the tooth there. I get that. Um, contract's gonna be tough to get rid of him, so you're probably stuck with him. Um, they do have uh, Deshaun Jackson, who's again a little bit older as well, but I mean he's still got the athleticism behind him. And like people forget that they did draft JJ arcega Arsega Whiteside last year, and like JJ was awesome. Like JJ could easily be a replacement for um, uh, Alshon. they're, they're very similar yeah. in what they do, body and dudes up and, and high pointing the ball. Um, so I just don't feel it, but I mean, I think Philadelphia needs to get fast across the board. Um, there's, they, they had a little bit of a, a drag and a lag last year. Um, so I, I'm taking Patrick queen We're a lot of LSU, I think we have four LSU picks in a row at this point. Um, they had quality on defense and, and now it's starting to show Patrick Queens, a sideline to sideline linebacker. Um, He's good in coverage, not outstanding by any means, um, but he's not gonna let you down. So you can play him all three downs. And I think he they just need they need a presence on that defense. They have guys all over, but like they don't have a core presence. I
1: agree. Uh, I saw somebody else mock Queen to uh Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago and Philadelphia didn't like it, so that's probably what's gonna happen. So Yeah,
2: they can get over it.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Let's go ahead and cut it for now and then we'll we'll do a part two and we'll finish up the last how many do we have ten picks left? Something like that. So Yeah,
2: I mean I'm I'm down for whatever. If you want to stop, that's fine. If you want to finish it up, I'm good for either way.
1: Yeah, well we're already running up on an hour. So we can
2: Oh true. I didn't even look at the timer. Yeah,
1: I just checked it. So all right, we'll go ahead and we'll run a part two. Uh we'll get that taken care of tonight and then we'll get it out to everyone. So thanks for tuning in to the first twenty one picks of this draft. For Zach, my name is Keith. I don't think we even introduced ourselves at the beginning of the show. That's how how committed we are to the craft. (laughs) So to everyone, we'll talk to you fairly soon. Take care.
2: Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple.
0: Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews
2: and sharing with us what she's learned.
1: I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. (laughs) Pretty wild.
2: Listen to our Solo Axe miniseries
0: now in the VergeCast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. We all need the right tools for success. A painter needs their perfect brushes, and a climber needs to be able to rely on their harness. And for your work, you need to stay connected. With Slack, teams can help you work better. Slack is a productivity platform that connects all your team members together instantly. It's built to help your team with a host of features, like huddles for quick check-ins and clips for recording and sharing video. Slack also makes it easy to search and find the right information you need. You can even integrate the apps you use in your normal workflow, like your calendar or product management tools. So you stay focused on the work that matters and get more done. Learn more at slack.com slash productivity.